Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, now what? Amen. Now look at them one more time and say, wake up. All right. It's been a good weekend, a good week, as Pastor Stephen said, but it's been a long week for a lot of folks. If it's been a long one for you, raise your hand. You know you still made it. You made it. You're here. So that's a good thing. Praise God for that. We are glad that you're here, and we're glad to have first-time guests who may have showed up today, seen a few of those floating around. Thank you for being with us. Will you let our first-time guests know we appreciate them? Amen. That was decent. That was decent. That was decent. That was decent. We do appreciate you being here. And again, thank you to the Greater Things campaign team for all they did to help make last night happen, help get this campaign together. And I do believe that Greater Things are still to come for our church. I'm excited about where he has taken us to. But again, thank you to you guys and appreciate all the time, effort that you put into making that happen. It was a lot of time and I I can't say enough. If I say it about three or four more times, uh, you're deserving of those many thank yous. And again, I appreciate what you've done. So, well, let's do this. Who's ready for some word. I like that. We're a word church. If this is your first time, we believe the Bible, and we can we, we believe that we can live by this book, and everything in it is God's word, and we can apply it to where we're at right now. So if you have your Bible, hold it up. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't act like you're scared. All right. Amen. That's good. Y'all look good with your Bible in your hand. Amen. You look spiritual. You look spiritual. Amen. Fake it till you make it. Amen. So, uh, but uh, turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And uh, that's on page 1,494 for somebody who got a Bible just like mine the other day. They said, Pastor, what Bible I need? And I told them, so if you, you can turn to that page, you'll find this. So uh, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. We're trying to get our technology back on track. Being high tech, there's a lot of things that come with that, and uh, so we're working on it. Um, if you are sitting in these side areas, and if maybe it's kind of louder than what maybe you would want it to be, uh, we have uh, purchased and we're going to be installing those this week, I believe, a center channel. Just want to let you know kind of where we're at. We're always trying to be sensitive to the needs of people, and uh, that it's going to be put in the center here, and it's going to be able to bring the sides down a little bit and get a, a smoother sound all the way across. And people on the side say amen. And if it wasn't loud enough, we can turn it back up a little higher. So you tell us. So uh, we're always there to please. But uh, so again, it's going to help even some things out. So um, it's going to be good. So, but again, appreciate you uh, working with us on that as we continue to learn the room and take full advantage of what God's blessed us with and given us through this. So uh, we do appreciate it. So let's do this. Jump into the word Acts chapter 2, seven verses. How about that? Verse 40. Verse 40 says this. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying... Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. That's awesome. Every time I read it, that just gets me pumped. 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And again, I, I gave you 10 things a couple of weeks ago that God showed me in six verses that the early church did that we must be doing today. And it starts here. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. That's an awe. It's not a scary fear. It's an awe of who God is. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And I mean, that's kind of where I'm at today as far as I'm just standing in awe of what God has done and, and what he is doing. And it says, now all who believed were together, that's key, and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily. 
How many knows this journey that we're on, this walk called our, called our faith and the journey of, of, of living for Christ is a daily journey. It's not a Sunday journey. If you want those just Sunday journey, folk, it, it probably is not going to be the best Monday through Saturday for you. But if you understand that there is a daily walk that you should be walking in with him, it, it gets, again, sweeter every one of those days that you keep doing. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. That was us last night. I ate my steak with gladness. Every time I took a cut of that big, nice steak, and just gladness mm, and simplicity of heart. I mean, it was wonderful. As I, as I, as I just, just put my fork down to that big salad that was just, I mean, laid out beautiful. I mean, it was like a work of art. I put my fork into it and raised it up and put it in my mouth. It was with gladness. If you weren't here last night, see, I'm making you feel real bad and making you wish you'd have came last night, making you wish you'd have, I should have went, I should have signed up. If you didn't, we still love you. But uh, it was, we're glad it's a simple heart, simplicity of heart. We ate last night and enjoyed. Praising God, just got through doing that, and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. Let's pray and let's just talk for a few moments. God, thank you today for the word of the living God. Thank you for giving us this book that you so much more. Thank you for giving us seed. And today, God, let this seed get in hearts today and in lives, and let it bring forth great fruit. And we just give you thanks for it now. Lord, we pray for Chile. We pray for that country, God, and the things that they're going through right now. We pray that just somehow, God, you'll bring the provision and the things that they need, God, and, and protection for any of those who are in the path of, of the aftermath. God, we pray just uh, for protection for those right now. We pray for healing for our people who are badly in any way sickness of any kind God and we do thank you for greater things that are to come but we thank you also for what you're doing right now and give you glory in Jesus name amen amen and amen oh, I'm jumping into this thing and I'm just a quick review if you it can't take all the time to review so if you weren't here you just missed out you can't do this go online download our messages and listen to those about 12 times a day and I believe the word will get in you so uh, I'll begin to put those things but I gave you 10 things God showed me in six verses Ten things in six verses. We started on the first one last week, and it's the Word of God. The Word of God. He gave us the Word of God. Look at your neighbor and say, He gave you seed. He gave you the Word of God. He gave us this. And again, these are things that God's put in our heart and gave us to, as, as His people to grow and begin to, I believe, to see daily the church being added to. That's what, these are these principles. This is what he did in the early church that I believe must be in operation today. We must be walking in. Again, these are just some principles that we can apply. So every one of us, again, regardless of where you are on your journey, whether you got saved last week, Wednesday night of the youth service, or whether you've been in this thing for a while, every one of these things should begin to be operating in your life. And again, the first one was the Word of God. He gave us seed. We, we ended with this verse last week, 1 Peter 1, 23, that he gave us the, the Word of God, and it's like incorruptible seed that cannot die. Amen. It cannot die. So remember, I talked about the bulb that you put in the ground. It didn't look like much going in, but if you keep putting that seed in the ground and believe and trust God, one day it's going to come out and it's going to look like the picture of, the, of the, the, the box that it came out of and it'll begin to produce fruit in your life. He gave us that seed. I love this scripture in the Message Bible. It says this, 1 Peter 1, 23, your new life is not like your old life. If you got saved and you're living for Jesus, your new life shouldn't look like your old life. 
That's a good word right there. Come on. It, it, it should look a little different. Maybe not at first. Sometimes I think we, we miss as a church and because maybe somebody got saved and everything didn't change all at one time, we, 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 we kind of get a little frustrated with them and sometimes they may feel bad about themselves and make a mistake, something happens, we begin to push them out, whatever it is. But listen to me, sometimes it takes a little time and more seed you put in the ground, the more you get like him. Amen, that's good. So again, your new life is not like your old life. Your old birth came from mortal sperm. Your new birth comes from God's living Word. Wow. Think about this. Think about how you should be living right now. Your new life should be like this. Just think, a life conceived by God himself. Mm, they some Jesus people should be saying amen right there. Thank you, Bill. Amen. Your, your new life conceived by the Word of God getting inside of you. Life should begin to spring forth. So again, He gave us this thing. He called the Word of God. And again, the Word of God is a seed. You know the words that we speak are like seed. Amen. There were some things that maybe have been spoken sometime into your life and that word got in there and it was a seed that got into the ground of your heart and, and, and you've been struggling for years because some of the things that are produced out of the bad seed maybe that was put in your, in your life. But here's the good news. You can begin to replace bad seed with good seed and get good fruit. Mm, come on, hear me. Now again, uh, we've talked about this in finances sometimes. Sometimes you, you sow and you get yourself into a place sometimes financially because of maybe certain seed, bad decision. But here's the thing. That fruit will come up because you put seed in the ground. But here's the deal. When you start putting good seed in good ground, you get good fruit. Amen. I believe that for us. So again, he gave us the gift called the Word of God. And we can, I believe this, every person in this room can live by this book. And daily, there should be some of this going on in your life. Okay, so again, I'm going to skip going to the next one, but I've got to hit you with that one more time. Daily, there should be some time with you and Jesus getting his word. Amen? It's important. Now, the second thing. Again, we've, we've continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, which is the word of God. And the next thing is this, and fellowship together. Look at your friend and say fellowship. When you say it, say it like you really mean it like something. Fellowship. No, I'm sorry, man, you know, you got to feel this. Okay, so this. It's more than just you. Now, of course, we're going to go somewhere. Fellowship. All right, come on. Just feel that for just a second. Fellowship. Now, listen to me. Fellowship is crucial. And what the enemy uses and to try to bring folks down is he tries to break off the Fellowship. In Genesis 3, and I love the story of when God created Adam and he created Eve, he created them and they spent time together fellowshipping. There was a time in the cool of the day, I, don't, I mean, I'm telling you, you got to get a picture of this, of how amazing it was in the cool of the day, in the garden, in this great place that God had created. I mean, there was a time where they just got together, God and his creation, the creation and the creator, and just fellowshiped. Now, some people are wondering, now, why did what happened in Chile happen? It wasn't because God got mad. It was because the creation thought they could get a little higher than the creator. And fellowship broke. You read in Genesis 3, verses 8 and 9, that God called out looking for Adam. He said, Adam, where are you? And it was a cool day. He was wanting to show up and have his time with him. He was wanting some communion to take place between him and his creation. And Adam was out hiding 
He was afraid. He was ashamed. He was embarrassed. And he was hiding because of what he had done in his life. And fellowship had been broken between God and man. And so from that time until Jesus came back, everything was that happened in the Old Testament, everything that you see was a time trying to get us back into fellowship with God. But true fellowship with God only comes through the Son. So if you're ever in a, in a communication, a conversation, you're ever talking to anybody and they're trying to tell you about how to get to God, if it doesn't involve Jesus, it won't happen. There's only one way. And again, but it comes through a fellowship with him. It comes through a fellowship with him together. Now listen to what fellowship is and listen to what this word says. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. Hear this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another. You know, when you're being considerate of one another, you do this. You begin to stir up love and good works. If you're considerate of yourself, you go stir up some other stuff. Just leave it at that. If, if, you, if all you're concerned and you consider it of you, you're going to begin to stir up some other stuff. But he said this in verse 25. He said, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Now, this is what this is saying. The closer we get to him, I believe the more and more time we should be spending together. The closer to the day comes, I believe we should come together. We do this. We need each other. We desperately need one another. We need you. I need you. We need each other. And the first thing the enemy will try to do is this. He will try to cause you to break the fellowship with those that you need in your life. This is crucial. Again, this is what they applied to their life. This is what they put in place. And again, they've seen the church grow every day. Every day, there was fellowshipping going on. Every day, fellowship was happening and it was taking place. Now, hear this. Now, listen. This is very important. I'm, I'm thankful, and we're starting to see in our church some fellowship going on. Now, again, we, we praise God for what he did in the theater, but it did limit us on the fellowship that we could have. I believe it's important. We've, since we've got the building, it's been amazing. Church will be over. And an hour later, people are just still fellowshipping. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Last night, man, the banquet this place was a dining hall. It was beautiful. It was nice. Balloons and candles and, 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 and nice things. It was beautiful. But the church came together, wiped this place out, cleaned it up, made this happen so you could come and hear Jesus today. I mean, you could hear the gospel. But listen, last night, after it was all said and done, people was just fellowshipping, hanging out. One another, it was just cool. We were just, I looked over, I believe it was Pastor Steve, and I said, you think maybe if I turn the lights off and the music off, they'll go home? <laughs> think maybe that'll be a, you think maybe that'll be a hint. If we just turn everything off and just stop what we're doing, you think maybe they'll go into the crib? I was joking. We was kidding around about it. But it is. It's important. It's important that we come together and do these things and, and, and because we need each other. We're powerful together. We need one another. And Paul said this in the, uh, to the Philippian church when, uh, when he wrote to them in Philippians 1.27. You don't have this one, guys. It's in the Living Bible. He said, whatever happens to me, remember always to live as Christians should, so that whether I see you again or not, I will keep on hearing good reports that you are standing side by side with one strong purpose, and that's to tell the good news. 
That's some good news. The good news is that Jesus loved them. They were singing glorious day about Jesus coming and giving his life, and one day he's coming back. All that, that's the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus. And every one of us has been given the opportunity to share the good news. Some of those good news conversations are just going to happen one-on-one. We've had some people in the church who told me personally, I said, you need to get up and share that. They said, no, I'm just a one-on-one minister. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Some people are. But you know this. We're powerful, more powerful when we come together side by side and begin to put in action what your gift is, my gift is. We bring it together. We've got a complete body. When you bring your gift to the table, when you bring your function, remember each joint supplies. Every every part is needed. You you would have a very difficult time. I would have a, a rough time walking across this stage without my feet and my legs right now. I need them. And whatever, if you're the foot, the leg, big toe of this church, whatever it is, we need you to begin to help us continue moving forward and carrying the good news. And this is what happens. Anytime one of those joints gets cut off, you're limp, you're maimed, you're wounded, and you never function as you're called to function. And we can't create and move into what we're called to move into. And I believe this. Things happen naturally and spiritually. When we come together. But naturally, we saw what, I mean, again, just, just yesterday, again, this just keeps, I love what I'm seeing. Everybody just coming together. We have to beg nobody. People just coming together, putting their hands on chairs, on vacuum cleaners, and just, again, converting this whole place last night and, and Saturday after the health fair last week. It's just amazing. Thank you for that. And that's just some of the natural things. Do you really understand what is going on in the spirit when we come together one by one, when we join hands together and spirits will begin to take the good news? Some of the testimonies we heard last night, some of the things that were shared in this place about lives being changed and, and people being set free. It happened because somebody came together, joined up, linked together one-on-one, and we partnered together because this is the deal. When we partner together, demons tremble. Uh, you didn't hear me. I, when we partner together, devils have to flee. This in there. That's why it's important that we read that, Blue. That's why we understand this, because when we come together, the enemy will begin to flee. He will begin to leave. This is why. This is why. Hear this. This is why the enemy will try to. You'll see it. If this begins to happen for you, check your heart. Listen. Watch and recognize the trap that's laid before you. The moment he wants and you feel yourself in any way trying to disconnect from God's people, that is the enemy at work. I'm serious. That's good. That's, that's some good word. The moment you feel that happen, it's not God coming down and saying, oh, you know something? You really don't need to be hanging out with Jesus' people. You really don't need to be connecting with people who love him and who love me and do those things. Now, that is an enemy trying to get you to disconnect. It's why the enemy hates relationships and marriages so much. It's why he hates the, the godly relationships that are in your life. It is the moment that he'll, he'll, the enemy will try to cause strife there and cause you to disconnect from every good relationship that you have in your life and, and, and because of what will happen. And it's also the reason of this. He, he will try to make it easy to connect you to ungodly relationships. Well, we just work together and we spend so much time together. And she's so sweet and she brings me coffee. And my wife never brought me coffee. I don't, just don't get mad, get glad. <laughs> you know, I, I come into the office and she, she has everything nice for me. That might be her job. 
That's probably what she gets paid to do. She's just secretary. That's her job. She don't do her job, she's going to get fired. So she should have everything laid out for you. Now listen, listen. Well, because she's done this for me, I just find her so easy to talk to. My spouse is on, I can't talk to them. Even in the church, you'll see it. Don't really talk to them. You can't trust them anyway. Mm. But y'all looking like y'all, like I'm talking to y'all. Dude, I just thought maybe one or two. I didn't know I was going to talk to everybody in the room. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, listen, listen. It is, it is why he'll try to get you to do this. There's a struggle. There's something going on in your life. Don't tell the person you're in a church with because if you tell them, everybody's going to know. First of all, if they tell you something everybody knows because of you, you messed up. You should have been confident. You should have been confidential in, in what somebody gave you. You should have kept that to yourself. Everybody shouldn't know anything. I ain't talking about no situation. There ain't nothing coming to my mind right now. I'm honest. My hand right here on this book. There's nothing coming to mind. There's no situations I'm trying to, you know, a lot of times you'll see pastors do that, and you're wondering right now, I wonder who he's talking about. <laughs> oh, I know who he's talking about. I know exactly. I ain't talking about nobody. I'm just telling us, listen, it, it, it is just how it is. It's how it works. And the enemy will try to do this. He'll try to get you to put your confidence in somebody that's ungodly. Young people, be careful. Us older folk, be careful. He'll try to connect you to the wrong relationships. That's good. He will try to connect you. Well, listen, you can do this thing, and it's okay because it's really no big deal. Listen, he'll try to connect you to the wrong relationships. And the moment you begin to make those connections and fellowship, fellowship can be good or bad. You can have darkness and light fellowship in some way, and, and, it, and, it, get, and it get messed up. Listen, it's the wrong fellowship. But, oh, it, but, oh back to my story. I work with her. Y'all thought I was off that one, didn't you? Someone's like, I'm glad he went on, boy. No, listen. No, I work with him. <laughs> Talk to everybody. I'm an equal opportunity offender. <laughs> I work with him, and, uh, he, and, and um, uh, he, he is so much nicer than my spouse. And he, he's this, and he does this. If my husband would do this, maybe I'd treat him. Now, listen to me. Listen, it's just an enemy trying to disconnect you from the godly relationships. Because you're powerful together. We started throwing out numbers like $100,000 debt yesterday, and some people was like, oh, dear Jesus. But I said it, and I meant it. That's, that's going to be done. That's going to happen. We're going to cancel that debt. God's going to use us to do it. He's going to use his people. He's going to bring every, every one of us together, and that's going to be done. We can do that. We can do it. That's no big deal. I'm not afraid of that because this is what happens. Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree. Now, you can't, Amos says, he says, two can't walk together unless they agree. We've got to come to a place of agreement. Now, he says this. He says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. What you saying, dude? What's, what, what, uh, hold on. I'm saying this. Holy Spirit is here. Because we've gathered in his name. When you leave this place and you're going somewhere and you get just run into somebody at Walmart and you begin to talk about Jesus and something begins to happen, he's with you. 
in that place. It's a fellowship. It's a communion that begins to happen. And, 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 and it's what happens. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to be real for just a second. Get practical without you getting mad. Somebody was like, I was already mad. I mean, dude, what else are you going to say? Now, listen, let's just be real for a second. When you're in fellowship, some things have to change. When you're in fellowship, it comes to a place where it can't be about my feelings. It comes to a place where it's not what I want, it's not what I need, it's not what I can get out of this. It can't be all about me. It can't be all about me when you're in fellowship with someone. It can't be all about my thoughts. You forfeit your right when you become a partner with someone. Mm, that's good right there. That's good counsel for somebody. You forfeit the right. When you link up with someone and you get connected, you forfeit. It, it, it's, it no longer can be. It can't be 50-50. Relationships can't be that. It's 100%, 100%, giving everything, giving everything, giving everything. And when you give, this is what happens. It always comes back to you. Every time. Every time. Every time. Three things I'm going to give you quickly, and then I want us to do something. Man, it's it's going to take us 10 weeks to get through all this stuff, man. I'm just on the second one. Good Lord, help me. Let's get proud for one minute. All right, listen, here's some things you can take home with you. I'm going to give it to you quick. First one is this. Do this to help you in building relationships. Number one, be friendly. Just be friendly. You ever been around somebody? Don't look. Just, just look ahead. You've been around somebody just mean. Just, I mean, just mean. I mean, don't you just change your schedule, do everything you can to spend time with them? Don't you? I mean, just everything that you can do, you wipe away stuff. You, you work, you do stuff. You, I mean, you because you just want to spend time with them. You just, man, I got to get in their presence because they're so mean. <laughs> That's a mean joke. I want to spend some time with him. And maybe some of that meanness will just rub off on me. No, listen, you don't want to be around people like that. And so it can help you fellowship with somebody. And this is just some real stuff. We need this. Listen, just be friendly. Do you don't know. How... No, listen, just be friendly. Just be, be friendly. Just be nice. In some way, Proverbs says that he who has friends must show himself friendly. I used to nail this from Pastor Stephen to our young people. You used to drill them. I mean, I had people come in, and I had a parent come to me, and they had never failed, come to me and say, just my young person's not getting connected, and, and nobody's talking to them, and, and I'm trying to be spiritual and give godly counsel and tell them in some sweet way. And as Tim says I do, I try to say things nicely and, and, and try to share. And I try to tell them, you know, maybe they just need to put forth an effort. Try to be spiritual and not run them off from the church. and We need them, but maybe you should encourage your young person to maybe come get involved in what's going on. When really I should have just told me they mean. <laughs> they don't talk to nobody. I mean, they don't look. I mean, they, they just mean. They don't know. No, but, but if you're going to have friends, be friendly. Just be friendly. I mean, this is, I know this is very difficult. Just be friendly. Again, just some practical things. The second was this. I'm going to give it to you quick. Forgive. Forgive. Anytime that you're in fellowship with someone, anytime you're in, you're in a connection in any way to someone, there will be times when you have to do this. Forgive. There will be times when you have to ask them to forgive you. There will be some times when you have to receive forgiveness. And you have to give forgiveness. But whatever it is, you have to come into a place where you learn to forgive one another. 
In a, in a meeting one time with some of the leaders, that they, there was a situation that arose, and somebody got offended, and somebody got hurt, and, and, and they, somebody said, well, I guess I'll just leave the church. And I stopped, and I said, are you serious? And I just very, very, very open. I said, are you serious? I said, why? Because you got upset? Because somebody hurt your feelings, you should leave the church. Listen to me. I said, if you're going to be in any church with anybody for any amount of time, and especially if you're going to be in ministry with someone and you're going to work together to further the kingdom to make Jesus known, there will be situations and times where they just get on your nerves. And you just got to be able to do this, forgive, because if not, you're going to be miserable running around all over God's creation trying to find a place to get connected. So you got to do this, forgive. Look at your neighbor and say, forgive. Ephesians 4.32 says this, be kind to one another. There's our thing, be friendly. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. Third thing is this, resolve that, conf that conflict quickly. When the situation arises, when the offense happens, when the problem happens, when, when it comes, resolve it quickly. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. One translation says, Don't give him an opportunity. Don't give him the opportunity. You know, there's a lot of, not many things that, the, that, that God puts time limits on. This is one of them. He said, don't let the sun go down. That means this. That means that day. I could have saved some of you a lot of hurt and a lot of pain if somebody would have told you that years ago. Listen, that day. Don't go to sleep. Don't roll over and take that thing to bed with you. That day. Don't let the sun go down on that wrath. Don't let that offense. Turn that thing over. Give it over. And this is, again, one of the very few things that God puts a limit on. So again, if there's something there, you make it right, and you do this. You move forward. You begin to just uh, come into that place where you just say, all right, it hurt me. This happened. Be honest. Be real. I was doing a counseling session the other day, and I told him, I said, just when it happens, when something goes down, and there's a, there's a hurt, there's a pain, don't let it build up because the moment you just let that thing build up and build up, there's going to be a blow up one day. And a vacuum cleaner will go riding by your head <laughs> in the house. Only people who've known us a long time know that. It's before she got saved, and it's before she found Jesus, and before she really found out who, who God was and, and the forgiveness of God's grace and how much I really loved her. Now, if you let it build up, one day a vacuum cleaner will go by Eureka. Fellowship. I was supposed to get into prayer today on the third one, but I'm not going to make it. But listen, this is fellowship for me. Now listen, this is going to help somebody in just the craziest way. This is what God told me fellowship was. And again, he just speaks to me like this. Fellowship. A couple of fellas and a ship. For me, it is this. It is just how he does it. If you don't like it, talk to him. Listen, for me, it's this. Me and one of my boys sitting in my camouflage boat. Duck blind raised up around us, decoys out in the water. Calling ducks, trying our best to kill a duck. 
But you know something? This is what's really cool. I can go home and never have killed a thing and have some great fellowship. Just a couple of folks getting together. Listen, because it's very important. You need, you need godly relationships in your life. You need it. If, if anything inside of you is saying, well, really, you should, you know, you're really more of a loner. You don't really need it. Listen to me. That's a lie. We need one another. And we're powerful when we come together. We're a force. We're a force. Stand with me if you would, please. Maybe we'll get into prayer next week. Good Lord. In about 10 weeks from now, we'll finish this thing. Just kidding. I'll, get, I'll hurry up next time. Maybe. No, maybe. I want to do this. Just leave the lights up. I want to do this. I want us to put into practice today what I share. Go duck hunting. Uh, season's over with. Can't do that. But what are you saying? Now, this is what I want us to do. Just for a moment. And this is, some people don't like this. And as you grow and get bigger, sometimes these things may become harder, but we're still going to do it. And in some way, we're going to keep making connections with one another. It's important to fellowship with one another. I was going to get into, I promise, I was going to get into the power of prayer and the third thing on that list that God showed me that we must do. But I want us to go ahead and put that one in action today. I want us to do this. It's different than what we normally do. That's okay. I want to do it. I want us to break up for just a few moments. I've never done this in church. Good. You should. I want us to break up in just for a few moments and, and, and just in some groups of, tell me, how many? Pastor? Lead the way. Five. That's the magic number. All right. Get in groups of five, four to five to six or whatever. Just do this. It means this for you. You may have to get out of what's comfortable. <laughs> now listen, if you, I, I mean, I do this stuff for a reason. There's always more to it. Again, I, I said last night, everything we do is revolved around three words just to make Jesus known. Listen, we have to be able to do this here so that we can go out and do it there. So just for a few moments, just break up in groups four or five. Five is a magic number. If you get five together, then you're telling what might happen. But just, just for a moment, step out from the chair, turn around, walk across the aisle, do whatever it is you got to do. Get with groups of five. I'd encourage you, if it's somebody you really don't know that good, go to them. Build up and build a relationship today. Start something with somebody. And listen, do this. Ask them, is there anything I can pray for you about? That's important. Hear that. Is there anything I can pray for you about? Well, I want the pastor to me with oil and lay hands on me or whatever. Now listen, they, they, healing's happened in this moment. They're already, get, they're already hooking up. That's good. Ask them, is there something I can pray for you about? Is there a need that you have? 